Welcome to the ultimate hangout spot for all sports fans. Welcome to your all-access paths to everything sports. Welcome to GNT Sports Talk. And here are your hosts, Julian Gallardi and Bobby Thompson. And welcome, GNT Nation. Week one is in the books of the NFL season. And now we're on to week two. And we're going to recap all these games that just went by last Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night. Monday night was a good game, good two games. So, as usual, it's your boy Bobby Thompson. I'm Julian Gilardi, and yes, we have a new segment now, Touchdown or Audible. Where we were right, where we were wrong, touchdown, obviously right. Audible means we messed up, we got to change the play. So first game, we got Bears-Packers, and it was a touchdown for me. 10-3 victory from the Packers. The Bears looked very awful. My main takeaway from this game was Mitch Trubisky and how bad he was. I know Bobby didn't expect this. 26-45, not much offense going at all. They didn't get it done. 228 yards, three points, one interception laid to Amos. One of my main takeaways is what was Matt Nagy thinking, calling 31 straight passing plays at one point. They ran it just 15 times. So the question is, is the Packers' defense this good, or is the Bears' offense to Mitchell Trubisky this bad? Well, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say it's a mixture of both. I'm going to start with Mitch Trubisky. He couldn't hit the ocean the other night. He was absolutely horrendous. I'm disgusted by what I saw from this man. Last year, he had some of the best defenses in football. He torched them. And the Packers... Nobody thought that their defense would be as good as this, but they proved everybody wrong, including myself. Mitch Trubisky, the only person who could play for him that he was having doing good with was Allen Robinson, who had seven receptions for over 100 yards. Um, other than that, he, hit, he missed a lot of open receivers. He made a lot of questionable decisions on fourth down. I, I don't understand it. Matt Nagy, the play calling was suspect. I don't like it. You're more creative. Get creative with that. Now with the Packers defense, they went out and got two big-time pass rushers, Zadarius Smith from the Ravens and Preston Smith from the Redskins, and they're starting to pay dividends in their first game. They were disruptive. They were in the backfield every play. Mitch Trubisky was under duress every time. They stopped the run, and that's another thing, too. David Montgomery was doing good for the Bears. He was getting four yards a carry, and you guys just don't run. I don't understand. I don't get it. The Packers' defense surprised me. Their secondary played absolutely outstanding. Amos seemed to be really an X factor for them. It's funny. They get Amos, and the Bears got ha-ha Clinton Dix. That's funny. So, too, yeah. so a little switcheroo. But, it looks like the Packers got the better end of that one for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, with that, I'm going to say it's a mixture of both. That, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. a fair point. So, one nothing, Julian. But this next game, Bills, Jets, this is a double audible. Huh. We both didn't see this one coming. Jets were up 16 nothing. They blow the game. Biggest thing here was C.J. Mosley getting injured. He had two turnovers. He was playing a great game, including the pick six. But my biggest takeaway from the Bills' side is Devin Singletary. Nine touches, 100 yards. This kid's going to be a problem for the league. And I think that he really showed what he can do. Jets lose a tough division game week one, 17-16. I'm not going to say much more about it. We broke this down already. Do you have any final thoughts on it? All I'm going to say is there's a few things. The kicking game is a problem. For sure. Um, you're up 16-0. He, he missed a field goal and an extra point. That's four points. That's 20 to nothing right there. And 
could have won the game. That could have won the game for you. He makes those two kicks. Mm -hmm. So, with that, the one thing I will say is I'm very impressed with the Jets' defense. Did play very well. Uh, Josh Allen stayed in the pocket. They kept him in the pocket for most of the game, but there were times where he broke free, and that's where damage was done. I will say this. Um, they did have problems covering the slot receiver, as they always do. The Jets, they, it, it is a problem. Mm-hmm. So you have good slot guys, like, for instance, New England and, and so on and so forth. They're going to have problems in that, with that position. Devin Singletary, I will agree, he is a problem. He's very good. He's very quick. He hits the hole hard. Uh, the one thing, C.J. Mosley, I've said it since you guys signed him. He's the best linebacker, one of the best linebackers in football. He, he was an X factor on that defense. He had a yeah. pick six. A forced fumble and a fumble recovery. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. The fumble recovery was McClendon. Sorry. So yeah. that's two turnovers right there. Mm-hmm. And then he hurt his groin, and that's where it all went down. Yeah, also another big takeaway from this game before we move forward. The Jets line still can't block anyone, apparently. No, they cannot. Arnold had sacked four times. They had constant pressure in his face. He was off rhythm. He was off timing. He had happy feet. He was really looking to get rid of the ball quickly because no one was blocking. So... Is the Jets' offense as bad? Is the Bills' defense as good? Is the O-line as bad? Is the blocking? Is it not scheming? I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to see what happens, I guess. Darnold, only 28 completions for 175 yards. That's not going to get it done. That is not how you win football games for throwing under 200 yards. So my other question was, and I guess I can answer this, the conservative play calling to contribute to the non-blocking. That's what Gay said. A couple deep shots were missed, but... We've talked about this game at length. Let's move on to another double audible. Vikings and Falcons, and we did not see this one coming. Falcons got destroyed 28-12. to This was a very weird game. Dalvin Cook really showed that he can be back this year, 100 yards and two touchdowns. Kirk Cousins throws just 10 pass attempts. Matt Ryan gets picked off twice. This was just it was a sloppy game from the Falcons. Not really much going on. Devonta Freeman, just 20 yards. Really disappointing effort week one. I thought this team was going to be ready to go. They weren't, and the Vikings took it to them. Yeah, uh, Dalvin Cook is back. He showed it. He's looking like he did in college, as a lot of people said, and I agree. He was absolutely outstanding. You know, the, the one thing I feel is that Kirk Cousins is so inconsistent. I think Mike Zimmer now had found a way to win games. You know, Dalvin Cook is so dangerous, not only running the ball, but catching the ball. He had a great day. Uh, Matt Ryan did not show up. I'm sorry. He was terrible. Devonta Freeman, terrible. The offense for the Falcons just was not there. It's concerning. It is a double audible for us. We both thought the Falcons would get this win. We thought Julio Jones would have a big day. Um, It just did not happen. It's... It was upsetting for the Falcons, but um, one thing I take away from this is that Mike Zimmer only hit through the ball 10 times, Yeah, and they still won the game nice, so I don't know. We'll see what happens, and maybe the and the defense for the Vikings maybe is back to its uh, normal form. I also think that, like you said, it could be a change in philosophy. Last year, they threw it way too much and didn't run it enough. Are they starting to realize that they need to reverse that? It looks like this was a trend, and they started doing that this week. So we'll see if it continues from them. 
Next game up on the slate, we were both right on this was a double touchdown, but it was closer than we thought. Eagles, Redskins, 32-27. Redskins jumped out to a 17-0 lead. Case Keenum threw for almost 400 yards, which I was stunned by. Is this Eagles secondary going to be a problem? That's something I would look out for. Three touchdowns, 380 yards. On the Eagles side, Carson Wentz, over 300 yards, three touchdowns. Also, Deshaun Jackson is back in Philly, and he made his presence felt. Catching two long touchdown passes, 135 yards. He was back to his old self in Philly. What was one of your takeaways from this game? is just how resilient Carson Wentz really is. He was down, and he led them to a nice comeback. He he really is the future of quarterbacking in this league. He's very, very good. He does not let things bother him. If he's down big, he just finds ways, and he has such great weapons on offense to make it happen. Deshaun Jackson being back, he just adds to that list. Him going deep, it showed that he he's happy to be back in Philly, they're happy to have him back. He had a huge day. Um, one thing I will say, the Eagles defense, I don't understand the, how they won a Super Bowl with a secondary this bad. I don't gave understand. 400 yards to Case Keenum. It's, it's That's em- a cause for concern. It's, it's an embarrassment. <laughs> uh, Doug Peterson really has an issue on his hands. They got to figure it out if they really want to go far in the playoffs. Your offense will only take you so far, and this year it's not, it's not going to get done. You need to play defense. And, you know, they did lose Malik Jackson, one of the yes, big... that's a big That's note. a big-time loss on Is the defensive line. Yes, he's okay. out for the year. Oh, already out for the year, so there we go. With a Liz Frank foot injury. He's out for the year. Um, the defensive line took a big hit. They still have Cox. They still have Bradham. They still have the other boys. But they're going to need to figure it out. The corners on that team are horrendous, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a huge problem. They got to figure it out. Okay, so next game was an absolute touchdown, and there was a lot of touchdowns scored in this one. Ravens and Dolphins, oh, fifty-nine to ten. Lamar Jackson, seventeen to twenty, over three hundred yards passing, five touchdowns. So the main takeaway from this is Lamar Jackson, legitimate quarterback now. Do we need to see more? Are the Dolphins too easy of a test? How do you feel about Lamar Jackson after watching this game? Because he put on a show. I think he shut everybody up. I think he showed everybody that he could not only be dynamic running the ball, but he could be amazing throwing the ball. We all knew he had a great arm. Last year, I feel like he was thrown to the fire. They really didn't Mm -hmm. utilize his skill set. They didn't use him enough throwing the ball. I think that Harbaugh should have given him more chances. But look, this guy, Hollywood Brown, lit it up. That's a big takeaway from yep. that game. And sure. he's Antonio Brown's cousin. <laughs> oh, boy. They do the call God. <laughs> yeah. Um, And he lit it up in his, M- in his NFL debut. He played very well. He was uncoverable. Um, I'm just going to tell you this. It, the, the Dolphins are uh, – are a Pop Warner team. That's what they are. It's garbage down there. Oh, yeah, I feel bad rough. for Brian Flores for what he got himself into. <laughs> but Lamar Jackson proved everybody wrong. I know it's week one and I know it's the Dolphins. But I could see you him see playing exceptionally sustained. well going forward. I think he's a great quarterback. He has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And what he and I'm going to tell you this. Mark Ingram to that offense just added another stellar oh, yeah. guy. He is yards. absolutely outstanding. Yeah. I think the Saints made a huge mistake letting him go, but he really fits in week one. They, they they were scoring points up and down the field. The Dolphins could not stop a nosebleed. They could no. not move the ball to save their life. It was it, it was embarrassing to watch. And 
I, I'm glad I didn't watch it. Watching <laughs> the highlights were even bad to watch. Yeah, that, so, was, that game was a train so wreck. So all I'm going to say is this. I think that Lamar Jackson shut everybody up. I know it's week one. He did for a I week, I know it's week sure. one. He definitely did. I agree with most of what you said, honestly. I think Lamar Jackson can do a lot of good things going forward. It was the Dolphins, but this was a great display. He didn't have to run. He beat them throwing. He barely ran the ball at all. Ingram's going to be a solid, like you said. 100 yards, two touchdowns for Ingram. Just adding another weapon to that offense. So Dolphins are trash. We knew that. Titans and Browns. This was a very surprising. This is definitely double audible for us. And the Browns, they should have called more audibles based on what happened to them. <coughs> <laughs> Baker Mayfield was absolutely horrendous. Three turnovers. He was sacked five times. In the times. fourth quarter. Greg Robinson got ejected after kicking someone in the helmet. They also, here's something, my biggest takeaway from this game. The Browns made a big mistake trading Kevin Zeitler. They did not need to do that. That offensive line is not good. The Jets and Browns will play next week. We'll see if the Jets can take advantage. But back to last week, Odell was wearing his $250,000 watch because, of course, it's all about him. What else is new? Derrick Henry was a beast, 150 yards, two touchdowns, picking up where he left off last year. Mariota even had a good game with three touchdowns. And Speaking of coming out parties, how about A.J. Brown with 100 yards? Yeah, um, I'm going to start off with uh, this game. Um, Baker Mayfield ran his mouth this week, as you know, saying that these uh, Browns receivers should lick their chops to play these corners. You, you <laughs> don't don't run your mouth. Those corners are underrated, That's okay, buddy? Five, Baker. Malcolm Butler pick six your ass. <laughs> Logan Ryan sacked your ass. He's playing good in coverage. Adoree Jackson is is. I didn't think he was a good cover guy, but he was very good the other day. This defense is underrated for the Titans. We've all said it. You don't – Baker, just stop talking. Now, moving on to Odell, of course it's about him. He's a diva. We know what he is. You, uh, now, you're wearing a $250,000 watch. Someone breaks that. What are you going to do? I think that's asinine. Yeah, and, of it's course, so it's, it's a distraction. Why you're wearing a watch at a football game – Beats me, because mm-hmm. if you look up, I'm sure on the scoreboard sometime will tell you the time. Are you just <laughs> worried about what time the game will be be over so you could party or something? I don't know. So yeah. other than that, the Kevin Zeitler trade, I agree 100% this line is horrendous. It's a problem. Everyone was all excited about these weapons for the Browns. Oh, they're, gonna, they're going to the Super Bowl. They're going to win the division. Yeah, after week one, I don't see shit. I'm sorry. Excuse yeah. me. It's, it's a train wreck there. <laughs> Freddie Kitchens obviously does not know how to to run the team. I know it's week one. But it, it was not a good look. No, it's not a good look. And you can't con- – like, it's a lot of distractions, and it's yeah. a lot of problems. Uh-huh. So, I need to see – It's they're going to have to change a lot of stuff. Yeah. And Monday night, Jets, Browns, it's not going to be a cakewalk because – Oh, one team's Because if there's somebody who knows the Browns well, it's Greg Williams. Oh, there we go, of course. So – Delaney Walker said it best. They are what we thought they were. Dennis Green reference. I love it. So that's that. That game was very surprising. Here's a double touchdown. Chiefs-Jaguars. Of course. And Nick Foles gets injured. Patty Mahomes picks up where he left off. Nearly 400 yards and three touchdowns. My big takeaway from this one is Sammy Watkins coming out party. 200 yards, three touchdowns. Tyree Kill also gets injured. So is this going to be Watkins wide receiver one? He's going to have all the chances in the world now. Obviously, Kelsey's still there. McCoy at 81 yards in his debut. And for Jacksonville, how about DJ Chark with 150 yards and a touchdown? Yeah, um, with this game, I'll start it off. Patty Mahomes 
right where he left off. He picks up the 400 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, you lose Tyreek Hill, and Sammy Watkins just shows that everybody slept on him. He has yeah. this potential. He was great in college, um, and I predict he's going to be a problem for a lot of teams now. They're going to throw to him a lot. They're going to create oh, – yeah. pa- Andy Reid is so creative on offense that he'll create packages to succeed with um, Sammy Watkins. You know, for those of you who don't know real fast, um, Tyreek Hill is out four to six weeks. He's not on IR, so he'll be back in about a month or so. About a month. Um the one thing I will say, Patty Mahomes missed a wide-open Travis Kelsey in the end zone the other day on a no-look pass, and it was bad. But with the, um, with this, the um, Jaguars, DJ Chark, everybody in Jacksonville, a lot of fans said that he's he's the real deal, and he showed it. He's the real deal. Everyone was saying, D.D. Westbrook, it's Chark. Chark is an underrated pickup for them last year. You saw he could make plays. He could be dominant, and you saw it on display the other day. Um, with this though, I think that the Chiefs are going to be fine without Tyree Kill. I mean, it takes a big weapon away, but they're so loaded on offense, and especially the rookie Hardman, they'll be fine. And LaShawn McCoy in this offense, back with Andy Reid, it, it's it's just a match made in heaven. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Chiefs, I think will be okay, but Jacksonville is, Jacksonville is going to go with Gus Minsu now. And he had two touchdowns to pick. He was 22-25, and he's going to be their starter until Nick Foles returns, if he returns. So Foles is on IR. He'll be out for at least eight weeks, that means. So we're going to have to see how the Jaguars pick it up. Next game, Rams-Panthers. Bobby got me on this one. It was an audible for me, a touchdown for Bobby. Rams win 30-27. to And the big takeaway for me in this one was the rushing attack from the Rams was back at full force. Mm-hmm. And also that Brown, not Henderson, ended up getting the reps behind Todd Gurley. Gurley had 97 yards. Rams had 170 as a team. Christian McCaffrey had over 200 yards from scrimmage, picking up where he left off. Those are my takeaways from that game. What did you think about it? Um, I'm just going to – Christian McCaffrey is a whole different animal. He is so dynamic. He He's a, he's a wide receiver one, running back one. He's amazing. He does it all for the Panthers. He's a Swiss Army knife type of guy. He could use him any kind of way. And he that's something the Panthers should be happy they got him. Uh one thing I will say is Cam, I don't think really I, I wasn't I don't think Cam played very well, in my opinion. I really don't. Yeah, it was McCaffrey. I need, I need and he he was a big part of this of them scoring points. Um with this, with the Rams, the one thing I will take away is I think Jared Goff played mediocre at best I was yeah. not impressed with him he could not get the ball to his his uh playmakers you saw Brandon Cooks only had two catches 39 yards they usually get him the ball a lot more Todd Gurley uh, the one thing with Todd Gurley uh, you would think that because of the knee arthritis and I was shocked they didn't use Henderson and it was Brown but yeah Brown, that's definitely something to know that's something to monitor that's so yeah that's something to monitor but that guy Brown was lighting it up. Yeah. They could not stop the nosebleed, that no. defense. That defense is no. not what it used to be. So. That's a big question, actually. That's what I meant to ask before. <laughs> is the Panthers' rush defense that bad, or are the Rams that good at running the football? I'm going to say just the Rams are good running the football. Okay, it I could think very the, well be. I think the Panthers' D-line D is underrated. I think they could figure it out. But the Rams' attack is just too dynamic, in my opinion. All right, so that was part one. We hit all the 1 o'clock games in the Thursday night game. 
We're going to split this into a two-part series. We're going to break this up right now. So if you guys like what you saw, follow us and subscribe on GT Sports Talk. And you can check the second part of this video right after this. Right after this. Don't go anywhere. What's up, GT fans? Have you followed our social media pages yet? Follow our Instagram and Twitter pages at GT Sports Talk 2, where we provide your all access pass to everything sports. Once again, that's at GTS Sports Talk 2. Now back to the studio. Part 2 of Touchdown or Audible. We hit on the 1 o'clock games, the Thursday night game. Now we will hit on the 4 o'clock games, the Sunday night game with Bobby's Patriots, of course, then the two Monday nighters, and then we'll be on our way. So the first game, Bengals and Seahawks, and this was a double touchdown, but barely. Yeah, uh, this <laughs> game this, one out. this game had me sweating bullets mm -hmm. because we both picked the Seahawks in our survivor picks. <laughs> yeah, this was the most common survivor, I believe, in, yeah. the, in the whole thing. So I was sweating as well. My brother's like, it's not as much of a lock as you think it was. And here's the thing that really gets me about this game. Dalton threw for over 400 yards somehow in Seattle, which I don't understand how this took place. John Ross had almost 160 yards and two touchdowns. Where has that been for his whole career? Right. And then the Bengals outgained the Seahawks by over 200 yards almost, 429 to 233. Bullock misses a field goal, which ends up being the difference in saving our asses. And the Seahawks win by one point. It, it was really ugly on Seattle's part, in my opinion. Um... The fact that this defense allowed Andy Dalton and his mediocre self to pass for 400 yards. In their own building. In, in Seattle. The 12th man, I guess, did not get to him. No. Uh, my takeaway on this, I'm going to agree, is John Ross. Where the hell have you been the past couple <laughs> of years? He had the fastest 40 time in NFL history at the Combine. And they still didn't know how to put that in their offense. Now they found it out of nowhere with no A.J. Green. And I'm going to say this. I think it, without A.J. Green, I think they're going to be okay. I really do. Oh, that's a hot This take. offense did really well. And this is an offense, too, that lost Joe Mixon due to an injury. But, by the way, he's okay. He'll be playing. That's good for them. But Seattle's defense, I'm extremely disgusted with the oh, performance yeah. you put this on. This horrible. Andy Dalton should be picked off five times. <laughs> At least two You guys three. should be eating his <laughs> lunch. And he ate yours. Yeah. He stole your lunch in your building, in your backyard, in your schoolyard. Yeah. We were, Come on. We were definitely wrong about how this is going to play guys, out in a lot of senses. You guys got bullied by a nerd. <laughs> Come on, man. And the Seahawks' offense was really just unimpressive. I don't even want no. to talk about it. There's really not much to say. They just, they really just didn't have much going that day. So I'm going to move on from this. They should too, and hopefully they play better next week. But Colts and Bolts, Chargers. This was an interesting, entertaining what game. A, what a game. This one had a lot of tosses and turns going. We have the storyline, obviously, that we've talked about for weeks now. Kobe Brissett. Stepping up and taking the plays to Andrew Luck. He played admirably. Marlon Mack, 174 yards. He's, he was a dog, and I had a good feeling for Mack. One touchdown as well. He, he was going in. T.Y. Hilton had two touchdowns doing his thing. But my main takeaway from this game is neither of them. Austin Eckler, is this his coming out party? 158 yards, three touchdowns, including the game winner. 
Phillip Rivers also had three touchdowns. So is this team showing they don't need Melvin Gordon? Is this going to make things tougher for Gordon in his contract negotiations? His replacement just ran for, well, guard some scrimmage and just run, receiving, rushing, obviously. Over 150 and three touchdowns. That can't look too good on Melvin Gordon. Well, I think it's going to have Melvin Gordon scratching his head and really worried because Austin Eckler proved against a very solid defense, I may add, on the Indianapolis Colts, that he could be the guy. And he won the game for them the other day. He was unstoppable. And we know what he could do. Last year, you've seen the past couple of years, they split the carries between Melvin Gordon and Eckler, and they both do damage. In my personal opinion, I think the Chargers are a much better team with, with Melvin Gordon than without. But the one thing I'm going to take away is Jacoby Brissett answered the call. He played absolutely tremendous. He did just what he had to do. The offensive line of the Colts is the best in football. It really is. He stands back there. I saw a video of Melvin Ingram, one of their best pass rushers, I may add, for the Chargers, get completely bitched and knocked so hard on his ass I think he got knocked into week 15 by, <laughs> Damn, Qu- by Quentin Nelson. <laughs> he might have to tell an it, right there. It was <laughs> a huge hit. Is Nelson the best liver in the NFL? Yes. Are we going with that already? Yes, he is. <laughs> he is the best. Two, and I think he's already making his claim. He is the best lineman I, I in the NFL. I think he might be, too. It's incredible. What a, what a steal that was for the Colts. I just, and everything, like you said, Brissett did what he had to. I mean, he was 21 to 27, just under 200 yards, two touchdowns. That's the formula for the Colts to win football games. And, Marlon, and they were in position to win but your defense gave up just a little bit too much. They let Eckler do a little too much. Rivers had his way with them too. So that is going to be that. And the Colts go down in overtime. All I'm going to say real quick with that is that um, Marlon Mack proved that he is is the real deal. He really is. And they made the right decision not going after a top back and staying with him. He's yeah. he's gonna be good for a long time for sure. And this other game was very interesting as well. The other overtime game, Lions and Cardinals, and this ends oh. in the dreaded tie. And we were heads ahead in this one as well. So I don't even know what you call this. I call it a botch snap because no one won, no one lost. <laughs> so I don't even know. It's like a game of zero, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's not a uh, touchdown or an audible. <laughs> I guess sort of an audible, but it's definitely it, not a TV. It was dist- It was <laughs> really a bad performance by Kyler Murray in the first half, and then the second half he yes. just he just proved Fourth why quarter. he's why yep why he's the um, the first overall pick. He was dynamic in the f- second half. He really turned it around after having only seventy yards all together in the first half. He just turns it around in the second half. Larry Fitzgerald making plays for him. David Johnson getting back into it. I think yes, I know nice fantasy owners will love that. And you know what? They commit they and that two point conversion that they converted, by the way, tremendous. But I'm gonna tell you this. I noticed something with the Lions. The man, Matthew Stafford's getting very angry because I saw where they he was yelling on the sideline, trust me, with the play calling when you could have had him throw the ball, and you guys decided to run. Mm-hmm. He, he's starting to get frustrated. You don't want that. No, you don't. That, that's going to be a problem. Yep, Matt Patricia, you got a problem on your hands. You got to figure it out. I know it's only week one, but you, the next uh, 15 weeks, you, gotta, you better keep that man happy because <laughs> he could be a very disgruntled, excuse me, disgruntled uh, uh, superstar 
And you're definitely not going to want that because without him, you guys are nothing. Sounds like typical Lions to me. Mm -hmm. And Hawkinson was a big takeaway from this Lions team. How about the TJ Hawkinson coming out party? His first ever game, 130 yards and a touchdown. He is going to be a force for this Lions team. And I think he's going to buck the trends of their bad tight ends. I think they finally found a legitimate tight end. Obviously, we've talked about how Ebron got better once he left them, but I think they finally got their guy. TJ Hawkinson is legit tight end one, and he showed it in the first game against the Cardinals. Great outing from him. Stafford hitting him where he needs to be hit. Murray, like you said, 9-25 to start the first three quarters, but fourth quarter he woke up 20-29, showing what he was about, and he really almost led the Cardinals to victory. The Lions were up 17-6, and they could not hold on, of course. They ended up tying the game. So, typical Lions fashion, that was just like, that game was going to be sloppy. We knew something crazy was going to happen, but a tie, come on, guys, be better than that. Yeah, I I hate ties in football. Ties suck. Like, just just win the game or lose the game. God damn it, I don't want a fucking tie. Can the NFL please just... Get please, rid of ties. Get rid of ties, please. Just just come up with another thing, please. Do you think they should put the overtime back to 15 minutes? Do you think they should? Or do you like it at 10? I think No, I want 15, I want a full quarter. It's all because they're concerned about player safety and stuff. But really, what's five minutes going to do? I want to see a win or loss. I mean, it has happened before with 15 minutes that they still get tied, obviously. But it definitely makes it less likely if you add more time. Any idiot can figure that out. I think if you add the five minutes, <laughs> and this is what you need to do. You need to make it 15 minutes. And if there's still a tie, you need to do uh, so like, they, tech, do, like, like they do in college. Yes. Or maybe make them go for two, you know, just like yep. jazz it up a little bit. Yeah, I make don't want to see. No one wants to see a fucking tie. That's what draws more fans: is make it interesting. Do something you haven't done before. Especially a game like Lions Cardinals, when you know it's not two very good teams. The tie is just so uh, zero so, zero and one to start the year. So disgusting. It's sickening. So next up, speaking of sickening stuff, if you're a Giants fan, that game against the Cowboys was tough to watch. Oh my God! Uh, let me, I'll tell <laughs> you this. That's a double Sa- touchdown for us. Yep. I mean, we saw this one coming. Saquon Barkley does what he does best and get in the end zone and just make plays. That guy's an absolute yeah, stud. He is what he, he's no. good. Yeah. All I'm gonna say about this game is Saquon Barkley. Other than that, I'm disgusted with everybody. I still think Eli should not be starting. It should be the it should be Daniel Jones. But oh, you I'm would not play kidding. Jones right now? Yes, oh, I would wow. play Jones right now. But anyway, the Cowboys. Played tremendous. Played the hearts oh, out. Yeah. Dak Prescott shut everybody That's up. That's my takeaway he's, from this he's game. He's playing for a Dak. contract. He wants that paper. He wants to secure the gonna, bag. I think he's going to get it soon. And you know what? He showed Jerry Jones. Give me that paper, he boy. Had not one, not two, not three, but four touchdowns. <laughs> and was, over 400 yards. He missed about like five or six passes only. He was incredible. Honestly, Dak Prescott, he did what he had to do. He made light work of the Giants, 35-17. Really, this game was never in doubt. Ingram had over 100 yards as well, but it's all about the star, baby. And Michael Gallup had a breakout performance, 158 yards from him. So could this be something sustainable? I do remember saying it was a breakout candidate for me. If we could play those tapes back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did say that. Yes, you did. Michael Gallup <laughs> came out of nowhere. He broke out. He's a burner. Against, That's yep. why I like him. He could play very well. They had these high hopes for him when they drafted him. 
and you're going to see a lot of that this year. I think Amari Cooper played absolutely tremendous. He did his thing. That first round pick, DeAndre Baker couldn't cover any. He couldn't cover if it was. Yeah, I mean, was, he was terrible against yeah, Amari Cooper. I, mean, I know it's that's his first a tough game. Matchup, your first it game really is, but it, it, that secondary, I am. It, it's oh, bad. Yeah. Is the Giants' secondary not as good as we thought? Because I thought no. that was the strength of the football no. team. It, it's it's a weakness. It's not a good sign when Zach Prescott throws for 400 yards against you. Let's I'm, just put it that I'm way. sorry when you In light terms when you. You get rid of Landon Collins and you replace him with Jabril Peppers, that's a complete downgrade. I'm sorry, in my opinion. Yeah, Jabril I mean, Peppers does not even – cannot be in the same category <laughs> he as – He hasn't done enough yet. No, as right. Landon Collins. I'm sorry. No, it, he it has was, to prove a lot. And Jack Rabbit, I'm sorry. I don't see it anymore. I didn't it, see it from anyone. It, it, this defense is is a disgusting. It, they really no need to – No pressure on the quarterback, No, no pass rush. No coverage. No nothing. It was terrible. Pat Shermer, you you got a lot of work to do, my friend. You got a lot of work to do. And yeah. Gettleman, uh, the fact that you still have a job just baffles me. Yeah, that's going to be something to watch. Next week they play the Bills, so that's going to be an interesting matchup. But we'll move on. Another game that will have a disgusting performance, and this is a double audible for us, 49ers and Bucks, And Jameis Winston is an absolute train wreck. The guy throws two pick sixes. Richard Sherman, I believe Witherspoon gets the other one. This is just an uninspiring game. The only takeaway I have from this from the Bucs that's positive is Ronald Jones. Could this be his coming out party? 13 carries, 75 yards. Does Bruce Arian is going to be able to unlock Ronald Jones as we talked about in the podcast before the season started? And I think he might be able to. This is a great sign. I want to see more of this. I want to get him more involved. Peyton Barber should be an afterthought. The dude is a scrub. He's not a relevant player. Get Ronald Jones involved. You drafted him in the second round for a reason. He's not supposed to be the backup to a journeyman running back. <clears throat> no, uh, he's not. And you know what? Uh, Jameis Winston, you know what? When they got hired Bruce Arians to be the head coach, I thought that you would see a lot of improvement. I did not see any improvement. It's all the same old shit. I, th- I think Jameis Winston really is a terrible quarterback. I'm sorry. Hotter and hotter and it, hotter. It, I think Tampa, I know it's week one. It's overreaction. Uh, yeah, listen, definitely I don't, overreaction. <laughs> in the next five to six weeks, I'll be saying the same thing. The guy is a train wreck. He's got awful. He's hideous right he's now. Not, he's been nothing but a headache for this franchise. No. A franchise that I respect. I lo- The city of Tampa is my favorite city in the world. <laughs> You'll be there. Uh, in the United States, of course. Yep, I'm moving down there. But anyway, it, it's it's really upsetting for, for that. they really going to have to evaluate the quarterback position. It just was not there it, no, it, not for all. Tampa. It just wasn't. Jimmy Garoppolo comes back. On offense, I'll tell you this, a lot of his weapons didn't do well, Marquise Goodwin, no. one catch, seven yards. Dante Pettis, one catch, seven yards. Uh, Debo Samuel, three catches, 17 mm. yards, and he fumbles the ball. It's Kittle uh, was a little quiet, too. Yeah, it's it just was a sloppy game altogether. Yeah. It was a disgusting performance. And you know what? You would think that you would Garoppolo see... Garoppolo threw a pick six as well. Yeah, and uh, it, it, this game is just so disgusting. This was another one during the highlights. I was rolling my eyes the whole time. Yeah. It's just a disgusting... Both teams really got to figure it out. But uh, the one bright side for the 49ers is... is Richard Sherman had a great game. The defense, I think, could be a strength for them. And if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play play up to par and doesn't play the way he should be, maybe that defense could help him out. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I'm really excited for Ronald Jones. But other than that, I didn't take much from this game, honestly. 
It just wasn't there for either team. It's not like the 49ers won this game. I feel like the Bucs lost this game more than the 49ers I agree, won. 100%. I mean, the Bucs outgained them. The Bucs are classic at doing this. They outgained their opponent, yet they find a way to lose. Two, 295 to 256. So, another day, another Tampa loss that they shot themselves in the foot. So, they're going to have to get better. Jameis is going to have to get a lot better. Otherwise, he won't have a job pretty soon. Agreed. Yep. And Ronald Jones... To go back on that just real fast, I think he's due for a breakout and he'll show why the Buccaneers uh, shouldn't sleep on him because he, yeah. could, be, he could be a future asset. For Hopefully next week he, sh- he continues to build on it. But moving forward, all right, here's your moment. I know you've been waiting for this one. This is a huge audible by me. I deserve to smear egg on my face. I got to eat some humble pie on this one. The Steelers, they did not even bother to show up. In Foxborough, their bodies were there, but their minds, their hearts, their souls, their spirits, I think they got left on the team plane, honestly. This was an utter embarrassment of a game. The Steelers lose by 30 freaking points. 33-3. to There's not even anything to talk about with the Steelers. It was a disgusting performance. The, Bra- the Patriots and Brady, of course, he has three touchdowns like normal, 340 yards. My one takeaway was Philip Dorsett with two touchdowns and almost 100 was pretty surprising. Josh Gordon getting back in on the act. Of course, there's the whole Brown situation. So what did you see? Or not really what you saw. What didn't you see from the Steelers' offense? Why was their execution so pathetic and shitty? Well, I'm going to contribute this to two things. One... I think he missed that, that team misses that deep threat of Antonio Brown. I really do. I think A.B., even though it was a huge headache, and now that he's a Patriot and he's going through a big predicament now, being accused of a sexual assault, and, yeah, it's a circus. We'll get back. We don't even need to talk about it that much. No, yeah. But I think they miss him. I really do. And Could be. They miss that playmaker on offense, and I'm not trying to disrespect Juju Smith-Schuster, that guy could ball. He was the only one showing up. Yeah. He had six catches for 78 yards. He was the only person who was who put his heart and soul all over the place on that on offense for the Steelers. Another part is the Patriots' defense is what we all thought it is. You guys have a great defense. It but, is. But it's three fucking points. You guys do better than that. It's the Patriots' defense is going to be scary. They did not sack the quarterback. They got pressure, and, but – Covering the receivers. And Julian, I think you could agree with me on this. Patriots secondary is arguably one of the best in football. Yeah. It's so deep. It's mm -hmm. all the guys can cover. Stephon Gilmore had a great game. Juju did have some, he had four catches, 48 yards in coverage against um, Gilmore. But other than that, that ain't shit. No, no, he did nothing. He took him out of the game. (laughs) Other than that, everybody else was was non existent. (laughs) The one thing I'm happy about is I thought James Conner could do well. No, we took him out of the ball. He didn't even show up. Thing to me. That uh, was probably my biggest my, surprise. I can see the passing game without AP struggling, but the James Conner doing nothing is pretty stunning to me. Yeah, um, I will go with the Patriots offense. Tom Brady shut everybody up again. Yep. His arm strength, he made a throw to Edelman that he really missed. After that, what did he do? He was lights out. Tom Brady came to play. It was a six-banner drop. And Josh Gordon, I love it, getting into the end zone. He showed that this guy is back to normal. He's happy. You could see he's really excited. And 
They could not tackle this man. I'm sorry. He, they could not cover him. They could not tackle him. Edelman ran all over the place. My one downfall for the Patriots offense is that Sony Michelle had a terrible game. 15 carries, 14 yards. The line really struggled. We did uh, have an injury with um, right tackle Marcus Cannon going out. He is at practice today. Um, he has a shoulder injury. We did sign Marshall Newhouse for depth reasons. But the one thing with the Patriots is, you know, you add Antonio Brown, and if he's able to play with the legal issue, he's not put on the exemplist, which I hope he isn't. The Patriots offense is the best in football. I'm sorry it is because now you just gave Tom Brady. Tom Brady put up 30 points without A.B. Just imagine how many they could score with him in the lineup. Yeah. It's and really... the Steelers defense, I'm sorry, is God trash. It's terrible. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers' defense is obviously a lot worse than I thought it was, even though it's only one week. So maybe they'll correct it. They'll clean it up. We're going to have to see what they do. But we'll move forward. Monday night, how about that Texans-Saints game? This was the best game of the week, probably. And this Absolutely. And tosses and turns. This was dramatic. Saints ends up winning 30-28. to I was off by one point with my prediction of 30-27. But here's my big takeaway from this. Watson's going to end up getting killed. I have a huh. bunch of numbers on Watson, and it's not pretty with the defensive line. He took six sacks, 10 hits. He was pressured 45% of his dropbacks. He played a great game, though, despite all that. He really did his thing out there, but it just wasn't enough, unfortunately. Drew Brees with 372 touchdowns. Michael Thomas, well over 100 yards. DeAndre Hopkins pulled down two touchdowns. And then the Texans' rushing attack really surprised me. And we talked about that question without Lamar Miller. How would they respond? How would they answer the bell? They ran for 180 yards, and Carlos Hyde led the way with 80. I didn't even know he was on the Texans before the game started, <laughs> and he ends up being the leading rusher. So go figure. This game, I'll tell you this, I do agree. Well, the one thing that the Texans did is they tried to upgrade that line with Laramie Tunsil. Obviously, it didn't work because getting sacked six times, <laughs> pressured 40% of his dropbacks. That's pathetic. You want to get your franchise quarterback destroyed and hurt like like the, pa- the past? You better figure something out. A, but, yeah. but I will say this. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is... A freak of nature, that guy it catches everything. His route running is just stellar. I think him and A.B., him, Antonio Brown, and Julio Jones are the three best route runners in football. They really are. Um, yeah, and the one thing you saw in this game is, uh, did you see DeAndre Hopkins, like, su- suplex somebody? Oh, yes, yes, I did, I did. That was, oh, that was incredible. It was Holy funny. Shit. I was at a wrestling event at Madison Square <laughs> you Garden. You saw that. And with uh with our buddy Joey and shout I show uh, yep shout out the angle <laughs> give it a follow um <laughs> there you go so I showed him while we were wa- while we were at wrestling I'm like wow they should have the we both said it wow he should be here doing that right now <laughs> but the one thing I will say about this game is that the Texans proved they could be a very good team their defense one th- my one yeah. takeaway my one takeaway. J.J. Watt was out of the stats. Yes, He wasn't even involved. That is a huge one. 115 games with at least courting a tackle or a quarterback hit. This game, he had nothing. Wasn't it like the first time since his rookie year, year two, this took place? Uh, Yeah, that's actually a really concerning sign for the Texans. Is the Texans' defense going to suffer without Javion Clowney more than they thought? It looks like it. They looked lost without him against the Saints. That last minute was frantic. You were back and forth scoring. It led to the field goal. Saints are up 27-21. 
Watson goes down on two passes. Not, I'm not even kidding you. Two passes. He goes to Hopkins. He goes to Stills. And then the Texans are up. 28-27 after Fairbath made the extra point after he missed the extra point after a penalty. This was just a crazy game. And then the Saints go down. They get in field goal range for Will Lutz. My question is, why were these defenses playing so soft? They were playing prevent defense. You know what prevent does? It prevents you from winning the game. Yeah, uh, I... That was very questionable to me as well. I don't know why. Uh, I will say this. Deshaun Watson delivered when he needed to. It just wasn't enough because the defense just couldn't stop the Saints. Um, Kenny Stills, I'm going to add, adds a different dynamic to this team too. Yeah, it, that's it, a the, big take. The away. receiving core for this team is, is so under. So deep with Kenny yep, Stills now. Yep, Kenny Stills, New Hopkins, and Will Fuller. Three guys that could just stretch a D. It's scary. Yeah, it's a t- and then you got QT still. I mean. The Texans have weapons, and the running backs obviously are better than we thought as well as they yep. ran for all that yardage. And, and could catch the ball very well. So maybe well. Lamar Miller won't be missed. So the next game, I got to take the L on this one. It's an audible for me. I told you. Bobby gets a big touchdown here. He ends the week, and Bobby wins week one over me. So again, he's picking up where he left off from last year. <laughs> but Broncos Raiders, Broncos had no energy. It looked like they were playing dead the whole night. 24-16 Raiders, and I think the Raiders, like you said, really rallied the point about A.B. finally being gone. They took that and they used it as motivation, and the team played inspired football without him. You look at Tyrell Williams, and he's a beneficiary of this. Over 100 yards and a touchdown. Josh Jacobs doing his thing. Two touchdowns, 100 all-purpose yards. He was phenomenal in his first game ever. So here's the thing. Can this be sustainable? Do you think it was just a high because they were playing for a, without A.B. and they were just hyped to shut everybody up? Also, the line gives up no sacks. That was very surprising to me against the Broncos' vaunted defense. Well, to start off, if you heard the, uh, <clears throat> the uh, Raiders fans, if you heard their chants that they were saying on Monday night, <laughs> they were rallying about – they were happy to get A.B. out of, uh, out of town. And they rallied, and I knew. I've seen this before. I've seen this movie before. Um, John Gruden rallied his troops, showed everybody they don't need them, and they could do very, very well. So, the one thing I will say is Tyrell Williams proved he could be a wide receiver one for this team. Derek Carr did absolutely tremendous. He was absolutely phenomenal. He had only four incompletions, twenty-two for twenty-six. Yeah, he did have one touchdown. That's okay. Josh Jacobs proved. That he could be a huge asset. He could. He was drafted one of the best running backs in college, and he showed you why what he could bring to this team. So with this, uh, one person we did not talk about, Darren Waller. This guy is underrated. Their tight end. He is something special. I agree with John Gruden. Uh, the one thing I will say is the Broncos defense did not show up. It, it was not there. The pass rush you think was there. It was not. Uh, <clears throat> Joe Flacco sucks. I'm sorry, he does. He was I don't care. I don't yeah. care where you put him. I don't care what weapons you give him. The guy sucks. He was just okay. And the only person who came to play, in my opinion, was Emmanuel Sanders, as he always does. He did Portland have a touchdown Sutton too. He Sutton did well. well. Yeah. Um, about the other than that, yeah, Philip Lindsay was it, not it, really it there. Was, it was. I'm telling you, the Royce rate, Freeman actually outgained Philip Lindsay. That was a little surprising. Yeah, that is something surprising. But all in all. I knew after the A-B situation, everything they dealt with in the summer, the huge headache, they get rid of them, and they showed they could win without them, and that's exactly what they did. They start the season out 1-0, and 
and they're showing teams that they could find ways to win ball games. Yeah, so that's our takeaway from week one. The Raiders had a surprising win. I go down again. What else is new? <laughs> I got to get back in it, man. It's been a tough stretch for me. Hopefully next week I can win the touchdown audible game. <laughs> this week I was not lucky enough to do that. So next week, the next time you hear from us will be our previews. We'll be going through our predictions. We'll give a few inside previews for the teams that we follow closely. Yep. Market, local market teams. Maybe Falcons-Eagles as well because I feel that's a big game. So for GNT Sports Talk, I'm Julian Gallardi. I'm Bobby Thompson. Follow, like, subscribe, right. sponsor. Everyone knows the drill. We'll see everyone soon. Thanks for listening. Yes, indeed. Get my basketball Hockey to begin the brawl